Congressman uh, Senator Ron Johnson. Hey, good morning. How are you? I'm great. How about yourself? You know, hanging in there, doing the best we can to understand what you call that. Uh, we, we can't. Uh, there won't be any more Mister or Mrs. Potato Head. There will just be Potato Head. Somebody suggested Spud Bud. Can't uh, you know? Um, Political correctness has gotten to just a level of absurdity that I don't think anybody could have anticipated. Oh, but man. other than the left, they're, they're the ones pushing it. I, and I just don't understand it. Hey, are are you in D.C.? How is how, how what is your safety level at the moment? Are you allowed to move freely, or is there really some uh, safety concerns there? Well, I mean, we we had the one threat, and you know. You know, unfortunately, we're always operating at a certain threat level. It's it's a fact of life today. It's an unfortunate fact of life. I don't like it, but it's just true. And, you know, I think we need to be on guard, but also have to guard against overreacting as well. So uh, I, I've got that, uh, uh, heard about that threat in a hearing. I asked the uh, uh, person from DHS's uh, uh, INA Intelligence and Anal- Analyst Division, and she'd heard about it. Um, my, my guess. My guess is this day will pass and nothing will come of it. Sure. Again, when you're actually uh, on top of these groups and you, you gather information, uh, that's how you you know, defeat these plots. So yeah. this is really a true plot or just a crackpot. Uh, and, and let's face it, the vast majority of these threats are some crackpot uh, just using social media uh, to, to make wild threats that uh, really nothing ever comes of them. And Keep your fingers crossed that that's the case here as well. God, no kidding. But no, I, I don't. I don't feel. I don't feel under any particular well, additional threat. And you know, DC has been pretty much a ghost town under COVID. You throw on top of that an eight foot high, Constantine wire tip, wire tip fence around the Capitol complex, and <laughs> you, you feel real safe when you're inside the green zone. Let's face it. In, interesting that uh, uh, conversation with security experts uh, about uh, the. Uh, uh, January 6th and the optics that putting up a fence and security uh, would cause. So they chose not to put up those fences to secure the Capitol uh, uh, because of the, how it would look. But they seem happy as can be to have those fences and razor wire up now. And now that their guys in the White House, that now the optics are less of a concern. I don't understand that. Hey, you're being no, no. But, you know, let, let, let me tell you, it's it's not it's not only the optics; it's the narrative now. Now they love the narrative that 74 million Americans that voted for President Trump are potential domestic terrorists or potential armed insurrectionists, and we've got to you know protect ourselves against these Trump voters, you know, these these uh, armed ins- potential armed insurrectionists with uh, eight foot high Constantine wire tip fence. And this is all the narrative. Which is you know why why they're referring to you know January sixth as, as an armed insurrection with thousands of armed insurrectionists. But you know, yesterday when I asked the uh, the witness from the FBI how, how many how many firearms were confiscated, how many people are up on weapons charges that participate in the in the Capitol, uh, I didn't ask her that question, but I asked her how many firearms were confiscated in the Capitol on the Capitol grounds, and she said none. That's how, how many shots were fired, but well, only the one that killed uh, Ashley Babbitt. Um, so, again, it's, it's an odd armed insurrection that really had no firearms really associated with it. Again, I, I, I'm not downplaying the, the damage you can do with a, a flagpole. We, we learned that from BLM and Antifa over the summer months or, you know, baseball bats or, or other sure. types of weapons. But, but, again, there's all a narrative that this was thousands of armed insurrectionists intent on overthrowing the government 
I just don't think that's really an accurate description of what happened. As reprehensible, as sickening as what happened in, in, on January 6th is, I don't think that's an accurate description of it. Uh, you're being pounded uh, over the uh, COVID relief bill and your support and your lack of support for it because single moms whose babies are hungry need that $1,400 check. Why are you considering voting no on this giant pork bill? Well, I'm happy to target relief to those single moms with with starving babies. Uh, The thing is, there's not 166 million of them. And then right now, that's the first two tranches of direct payment checks went to 166 million Americans, even though uh, right now, we're probably about down 9 or 10 million jobs. The vast majority of Americans uh, continue to work, got a full paycheck. Uh, our savings, total savings are up $1.6 trillion in 2020. Real per capita disposable income is up 5.5%. Our economy is willing to ready just take off when Democrat governors uh, take off the shackles and allow our economy to fully open up. So you know, we need to be concerned about another $1.9 trillion of, of uh, stimulus overstimulating the economy, sparking inflation. And, oh, by the way, Mike, of the $4 trillion that we appropriated earlier for COVID relief, there's probably about a trillion dollars that is yet not spent. Some of it hasn't even been obligated, and the Democrats are rushing to spend another $1.9 trillion. It is absurd. If, if, if they really wanted speed relief to a directed uh, group of people that really need it, I'm happy to work with them on that, but that's not what this is. Yeah, well, I, I, progressives, Bernie Sanders and others want to try and backdoor the minimum wage since it may end up being taken out. Uh, will they be successful? Someone here suggested instead of mandating a minimum wage, how about new workers pay less or no taxes for a period of time as that learning experience? That way, nobody, you know, then only the government has less. Well, allowing Americans hardworking American taxpayers keep more of their money. That's not the liberal way. That's that's the conservative way. You know, we, we think you know money in the hands of individuals so they can aspire and dream and build and create is the better way of creating opportunity for every American and increasing wages. And by the way, it pretty well worked prior to the COVID recession. We we had three and a half percent unemployment. Wages were they they were in, increasing dramatically, and quite honestly, the fifteen dollar minimum wage is pretty much a moot point. For most manufacturers, and I say even most employers in Wisconsin, the, the lower wages below that, because companies can't find workers. We're paying them too much to sit on the sidelines on unemployment. But, you know, lower wage workers, generally entry-level positions, that, that gives people the first step into the workforce. And if they work hard, if, they, if they're good workers, they will move up the pay scale rapidly, and $15 becomes a moot point. Senator Ron Johnson, thank you so much for talking with us this morning. We'll talk again, and at that point, we can start with the last question I didn't get to ask about running for office again and maybe having some competition. Senator Ron Johnson, it is always a pleasure. Thank you.